Hello, this is Dana Frost, and today we'll be mapping heart rate variability and heart map on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with one of our stellar certified functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioners, Dana Frost. Dana coaches and educates women to feel younger while growing older using the functional nutrition lens, food and nature as medicine, the wisdom of their own bodies, along with the practice of Kaiute yoga. While there are a number of factors that impact heart rate variability, including exercise and training factors, diet and lifestyle elements like sleep, omega-3 fatty acid balance, alcohol intake, and of course, stress management, as well as biological factors such as age, gender, genetics, and compounding health challenges. Today, Dana and I will focus our attention on heart math as a tool for mediating and managing heart rate variability for improved health outcomes. So take a deep breath and let's get started. Dana, I'm so excited to have you on the 15-Minute Matrix. Oh, Andrea, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. We're talking about a really important topic, a topic that has been getting more and more play in healthcare of late, and that topic is heart rate variability. Can you first help us define that? Yes, I'd love to. So heart rate variability is the distance between the heartbeats. Mm. And it's a part of the autonomic nervous system, and it happens in the electrical conduction of the heart. So interesting. And what actually causes the variability? That's a really good question, Andrea. So what I learned through the Institute of Heart Math is that because it's a part of the autonomic nervous system, and so the vagus nerve that is like the physiology behind the electrical conduction of the heart is traveling through the heart and picking up from the nervous system our emotions. Mm. And so from the perspective of heart math, I would say what causes the variability, you, if, you know, you've got the electrical conduction, but it's our emotions cause the variability. It's so fascinating. And I know we're going to talk more about heart math and really go in there. When we see variability in heart rate, are you familiar with the different kinds of impacts that it'll have on our, basically our full body systems? Yeah, in terms of the different areas that it can impact, absolutely. So it, if I just go through the center of the matrix, um, I'll start with the immune and inflammatory area. Well, we know that stress has an impact on inflammation. And we know that heart rate variability is directly impacted by stress. Mm. So 
For example, Andrea, if a trained person is reading an electrocardiogram, they can, like 90% of the time, guess the emotional state of the person whose heart rate is being read on the electrocardiogram. So um, just in terms of the immune inflammatory response, it does impact there because it's so tightly connected with stress. So when we're, it's so interesting because we're really talking about heart rate variability as being sort of a branch that stems from the internal, like you said, the autonomic and stress response in the body. Tell us a little bit about heart math. Is it helping us to like self-regulate? Yes. Through using the heart math breathing techniques, what we know that we can regulate our heart rate variability. So in the autonomic nervous system, we have the speeding up the sympathetic nervous system. We have the slowing down the parasympathetic nervous system. And if we look at emotions, there are emotions that fuel us and emotions that deplete us. And, you know, we're going to experience all the wide range of emotions in terms of mediators and emotions. If we have emotions that are depleting us, that, that can be emotions that are operating from the sympathetic. So, emotions like grief, hopelessness, emotions that bring the heart rate down, or emotions that bring the heart rate up would be maybe rage, um, frustration, anxiety. That's going to be, those are going to be negative mediators. Now, if we use heart mass breathing techniques, what we know we can do even in the physiology is self-regulate and bring emotions to a neutral point so we can de-escalate or neutralize the situation when we are feeling triggered emotionally, even though, you know, we know to be human is to experience all the emotions. But if we are spending so much time that those emotions deplete us, and we know if they're depleting us over time, they're depleting our physiology, which is where, you know, we come back to the immune response or these other, you know, in the center of the matrix where we have the different full body systems, they all end up being impacted. Right. So it's both acknowledging the emotion, but then having the tools and resources to kind of come back to that homeodynamic or homeostasis place that allows us to regulate. I know this podcast isn't sponsored by HeartMath, but I think more mm-hmm. practitioners these days are familiar with HeartMath. However, can you explain, like, what are we talking about when we say heart math? So heart math is a scientific institute. They are research-based. When we talk about their techniques, they have different devices so that you can, if needed, utilize a device so that you have the feedback in terms of your heart rate. So you can moment by moment be tracking how you're using their breathing techniques impacts the emotion, impacts your heart rate variability. And then they have this collection of breathing techniques. And those are like, when I have um, a client's matrix, heart math always ends up being a positive mediator. Mm. And it's all over also our strategy side of the matrix because it impacts every area of our strategy. Because when we're using the breathing techniques we are calming the nervous system. We know that based on the research in heart math, for example, they use heart maths to train Olympians. We know that it improves athletic performance. So in general, it just helps us with our movement. Um, it gives us mindfulness and just that presence when we come 
to the table to eat. It really, if we're using, you know, it just gives us that sense of being present and making choices that support us. Um, even just something simple as, you know, hydration calms the nervous system, right? Right. And so when we bring the state of presence to nutrition and hydration, we tend to make better choices and we're more aware of our satiety. We're more aware of, you know, what our needs are. And if we look at stress and resilience, it's always on the stress and resilience strategy as well, because of what it does. It's like practicing the heart, the breathing techniques. It's like a blanket over the nervous system. Mm. And when you calm the nervous system, you improve cognitive function you improve your overall physiology. So when we're looking at the different symptoms that we might be experiencing, one of the tools that HeartMath has, is called the emotional compass or from depletion to renewal grid. And what we can see is the interface of the heart rate variability with the nervous system. When we're triggered by something, we have a cascade of hormones get released. And when that happens, if we can come to our, our breath and neutralize the situation, those hormones will continue to be released for a period of time. However, if we're modulating with our breath, that time that they're released gets decreased. And so as the hormones are being released throughout the body, that impacts detoxification, it impacts our digestion, it impacts our immune response, it impacts, you know, our energy production. Yes, so many things. I love how you're walking us through the whole matrix. Can we get really practical and just talk about like, is heart math just the breathing? Are there specific devices or tools or what are we talking about when you say heart math is always a mediator? What does that mean beyond breath? So heart math has specific devices that you would connect to a phone or a computer. What I use a lot is just teaching the breathing techniques. When we're talking about heart math, it really is the breathing techniques beyond heart math as a research institute. What's on the mediator side, their breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. And they differentiate between maybe when we think about meditation or yogic breathing, they've been researched with how it impacts physiology, how it impacts the breathing technique, how they impact the heart rate variability, what the impact is in terms of the hormones that get released. So is that helpful, Andrea? That's super helpful. Yeah, I think it's really looking at it more through this particular lens of the connection. What we can think of as the mm -hmm. connectome, right? We're thinking mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. fact that breath impacts the heart rate and the heart rate has this ripple effect of either yeah. contributing or diminishing the insults of the body to our emotions even. Is that correct? That is precisely correct. I loved how you said that. Yes. So when we're thinking about heart rate variability in particular as a mediator and then using the technique of heart math to help practitioners get there, can you share a little bit of your own experience, maybe even one client case where you were able to utilize the heart bath technique to have that ripple effect we're talking about? Absolutely. Yes. So I can just honestly talk about myself. I, I, um, I think that that might be really helpful. 
because I was introduced to heart math after having a pacemaker implanted. And so I have my own experience to reference the fact that I had 10 years of extreme stress and I had no connection to my heart rate variability. I was learning breathing practices is what I would say. And I noticed that they had a profound impact um, on calming myself down. But once I had the pacemaker implanted and I did more research, I discovered heart math. And I can tell you, I had at the time, not only did I need the pacemaker because the electrical conduction of my heart was worn out, but I had gastrointestinal issues. I had oxidative stress issues. I was pre-diabetic. I had inflammation. I had the adrenal fatigue. It took me a while to discover everything that was going on physiologically, but as soon as I learned about heart math, I started practicing and I noticed very quickly how I was able to neutralize my emotions and not only neutralize, but also, if you will, encourage emotions that are fueling. One of the things I've come to appreciate is the power of our thoughts and how our thoughts can produce emotional experiences. So in heart math, one of the tools is it's, we just start with heart-focused breathing. It's a visualization. You visualize the inhale and exhale to flow to and from the heart center. And then we draw in a feeling. So one technique is inner ease. You can draw in the feeling of inner ease and allow the feeling of inner ease to flow to and from the heart center on the inhale and exhale. Well, you can actually draw from very specific emotional experiences that you've had, you bring up that emotion and the sight, sound, feel, experience of that emotion, and you bring that memory in to your heart-focused breathing. And it's really has this impact in terms of this overall, as I said, it's this blanket over the nervous system, what you can calm or what you can encourage and, you know, I, I did a lot of different things, but heart math, I would say, was an integral part of calming digestive distress. You know, I really just cleaned up my inflammatory response and I'm no longer pre-diabetic. It was a matrix of different things that I was doing, but really at the center was heart math because what do you have? You have your body present with you at all times. And it is the one tool that you can access whether or not you're alone or you're with people, maybe communication techniques with heart math. But regardless of where you are and what you're doing, you can do it wherever you are. You know, you don't have to have your eyes closed. There's no mystery around it. You know, it's this, these techniques that you can call up that, you know, have this profound physiological response, which is what their research shows, which is one of the reasons I really appreciate heart math. Mm, I love that. Yeah, let me say this one thing about heart rate variability. So on an echocardiogram, you, you know, you've got the upbeat and the downbeat. And I can visually sort of see mine when before I got the pacemaker and it was very erratic. There was no beautiful pattern to the heart rate and there were long kind of voids in between. So I had bradycardia. So there was no rhythm to it. It was very erratic. So heart math would say that that erratic heart rate variability is incoherent. So when we begin to modulate using our breath, you can see if you use one of their devices, you can see your heart rate variability come into coherence, which means the distance between the heart rate 
and how far they go up and they fall. It, there's a there's a beautiful pattern that feels and looks coherent. I love that. Yeah, it's really important to understand that heart rate variability is that coherence you're talking about, the way that a healthy heart will speed up on inhalation and mm-hmm. slow down on exhalation. Dana, thanks so much for illuminating heart rate variability, your own experience with yourself, with clients, and really bringing us on a deep dive into the HeartMath technologies. I know there are some other technologies these days that are looking at heart rate variability like the Aura Ring. And uh, it's really important that we tune into these different methodologies to understand really at the core what their brilliance is. And it's that heart rate variability balance, that balance and that measured breathing that helps us to bring our whole body into its homeodynamic state. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Andrea. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook, along with sound production by Rowan Bradley. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You have an open invitation to email us. Please do. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us anytime at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 